Welcome to our inaugural podcast, Lepo Lepo De Niro. If anyone's wondering where that name comes from, it translates from multiple different languages to I fuck with money. And that's what me and my buddy Max here do when we watch soccer. We gamble and we win on it. And now we're about to broadcast our thoughts so that you can gamble and win on it too. I am Grant Tham. My buddy over in Stockholm, Sweden right now is Max. Welcome, Max. Thanks a lot, Stephen. And, you know, I really fuck with money. You know, I, I take that money. I fucking put it in my pants. I, I, uh, and I you know fuck it all night. Basically that, that, that's what I do. Absolutely. But I need to win it first, right? I need to win it, win it first. And that's what we're going to do with this Euro tournament. And that's what we're going to do with this Euro tournament. We're really excited about putting this team together because we think we have a really good duo. We have two unique, different backgrounds. Obviously, I am American and Max is European. He's half Swedish, half Russian. And so Max has, he's been watching soccer his whole life. He's been watching it so long that he actually calls it football. And with that, he has all of the background information. He knows all of the players. He knows all of the details. Whereas me, I'm an American and and I've said this to all of my friends. I've said this to Max. Americans in general, we are way better than anyone else in the world at analyzing sports. We have more sports here. We have salary caps. They're way more complex. They're way more intense, but we don't have the soccer background yet. And so that's why we're teaming up. That's why I think we're a perfect duo. I will be the high level macro guy and Max will be the detailed micro guy. We're going to have, we're going to spit a lot of knowledge here and help our fans make a lot of money. But first, before we get into the Euros, let's do a quick little recap to a recent big event for American sports fans. And that was the Champions League final. Chelsea, with the upset, they were plus 175 to win the trophy going into the final against Manchester City. And they won it. Max, you are a Chelsea fan. Tell America how much you love Pulisic. Even though he didn't score, he carried you all to that final. First of all, I don't call him Pulisic. I call him Pulisic because he is sick as fuck. I mean, he is by far my favorite player in the Chelsea squad. And it's not because of, you know, the bald eagle and all that stuff. I mean, I guess that's cool if you're American. But it's because he is just an amazing football player. Um, And I don't know how much, Stephen, you actually watch Chelsea play, but... The way he runs with the ball is just amazing, and actually, I've, I've I haven't seen that since Eden Hazard left uh, Chelsea uh, three years ago, two years ago. Right, I had a lot of questions uh, from American fans who were watching. They don't people who don't watch much soccer, and they're just watching the big games because he didn't start. He came on as a sub. At the 60 minute mark. And when I see Chelsea, it appears about half of the times he starts, half of the time he comes on as a sub. Can you explain why that is not a, a big of a deal? Like how someone can be a super sub and still be the the favorite player of all the fans and a and a pivotal player in winning the big European trophy. Yeah, I think this is actually uh, one way the sport has evolved the last uh, 20 years. You know, 20 years ago, being a sub uh, was considered, you know, 
basically not good enough for the team, right? But uh, now, uh, you know, football has become so it's it's become professionalized a lot, and you know the squads are growing. They're playing so much more games, and you know because the the players are so much more tired now. Uh, uh, you know, after a half season or, you know, three quarters of a season, you need to have really good subs because that can actually be the game changer, right? So uh, Thomas Tuchel, who who is the uh, the, the manager of, of Chelsea, he has actually, t- in many cases, made a strategic decision, decision to put Pulisic, Pulisic on the bench and make him kind of the super sub who comes in and actually changes a game. Uh, and I know... Some players, some substitutes are just, you know, because you need fresh legs. But Pulisic is more uh, of a game-changing substitution where, where you, he, he comes in and kind of shocks the defense and shocks the whole team and basically changes the way that the, the, the game, game is going. And that, that's extremely important, uh, especially nowadays when uh, the, the players in general are much more tired uh, towards the end of the games. Right on. Any other thoughts on on Chelsea as a whole? I know you were talking about Tuchel. That was a really interesting story because Chelsea looked kind of shit for the first couple months of the season with a former legend, Frank Lampard, being the manager. A lot of people say that he was still instrumental in winning because he helped develop young players, which is something that Chelsea hadn't done basically since that Russian dude Abramovich had taken over. But he was just flat out not good enough tactics-wise to to take the team over the top and then they brought this german dude in from psg uh, tactics tuchel and and y'all were killing it from there on he, he had that free in the back system what are your thoughts yeah yeah so so i mean first of all um uh, I, I don't know how objective i'm gonna be when i talk about lampard i mean i love him he is probably my favorite player uh, in the history um, and you know, be, having been a huge Chelsea fan my whole life, uh, it, it's hard not to love the guy. Uh, I actually thought he did a quite good. Uh, he did he did quite well his first season. Uh, the, the, the the team was was shit. The squad was shit. Uh, we lost our best player, and and he actually you know took Chelsea to uh, uh, kind of qualified qualified Chelsea to, to the Champions League. And he did it with basically, uh, you know, almost only homegrown players. I mean, I'm over-exaggerating, obviously, but uh, then the next season... You have the ban. You have the transfer ban for how many years? One or two years? Yeah, so it was for uh, for two years. It was for one year, so for two transfer windows. So for one season, we we weren't able to to recruit any players. So basically what we did, we just recalled a bunch of players from uh, that, that had been on loan. We um, uh, took some of the you know youngsters from the academy and and actually they were the best players in the team. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's actually, you know, Lampard's legacy. And, and what, what happened this year, so first half of the season, it didn't go very, very well, to be honest. Um, I think we were in ninth or something when when Lampard got uh, got sacked uh, but then Tuchel came in and really transformed the team right and and he did it with the same players it's not like he recruited a bunch of new players but he did it with these you know youngsters that Lampard actually you know gave a chance 
Um, and I think you know, uh, it's it, it's pretty clear that that Lampard, he he hasn't learned the tactics yet. I mean, he doesn't know. He's he's not a ta- tactician yet, and maybe he will be in you know ten years. I mean, he needs he needs the experience, but Tuchel he he has that, and it it really transformed the team. And uh, I mean, basically, I think you know the first ten games we we conceded like one goal or something, and then uh, you know we did lose some 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 crappy games, but but we beat all of the big teams. Uh, I mean, we beat uh, uh, we beat Manchester City. Is it three times? Yeah. <laughs> so Tuchel, Tuchel played uh, played City three times, beat them every time. And I mean, supposedly Manchester City is the best team in Europe. Well, I guess Chelsea is the best team in Europe now yeah. because they won well, the Champions Man League. Man City is the most expensive team, at least. Man City is the most yeah. talented team, and they had the coach that everyone said was the best in the world. But Chelsea beat them three times: FA Cup, Champions League, and in the regular season, they beat them. Very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and and I actually didn't. I was, I was gonna say they didn't concede any goals against City, but actually conceded one goal. But I mean, I, I would say amazing transformation, to be honest. All right. All right. Let's get on to well, congratulations on that, Max. Even though Chelsea can go suck a cock, but congrats, whatever. Let's move on to the Euros. Let's move on to this international tournament coming up, and we've got. We've got a format here. We're going to go group by group and give a little mini preview for each group, uh, a gambling preview, and also talk about some of the coolest players in each group. We're going to have a bro of the group that Max is going to present. And let's get started right away with group A. This is Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, and Wales. What do you think about group yeah, A? And, uh, no, I, I think uh, it's it's a pretty interesting group. Uh, first of all, you know Italy versus Turkey is going to be an amazing game. Uh, it it would have been an amazing game in any case, but this is actually the opening game of of the tournament. And you know Italy, they have a lot of history, right? And Turkey, they are I would say they're actually one of my dark horses of this tournament. So so I'm really looking forward to that for for many reasons. So it, it, maybe we go through each team a bit and and yeah. And, well, well, okay. Let's start with the well. Let's start with Italy and then Turkey because Italy is the favorite yeah. of the group. They are minus one eighty six to win the group. Um, to qualify, they are automatic odds to qualify. It's it's not even worth betting on them to qualify. They're plus seven hundred seven to one odds to not qualify. So Italy, the overwhelming favorites, and yeah. that's so, deserved, so, right? So, so, so first of all, let, let, let's talk a little bit about Italy. And they won the gold uh, uh, 68 and they had been in the finals three times. So clearly they, you know, have, have the history, right? And Italians, they expect Italy to win the Euros every time they play. Uh, so, so they have a pretty high bar. I mean, they haven't if they don't won win, since 68. They haven't won since 68, uh, okay. but, uh, but, but the Italians still expect them to win every time. Um, they actually missed uh, the World Cup in Russia uh, three years ago. And you know who kicked them out? Who kicked them out? In, in, the, in, the, in the playoff to, uh, to World Cup. And g- give me a guess. Is it Turkey? No, it's my, oh. my, my, my beloved yellow-blue, Sweden. Oh, Sweden, Sweden. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a pretty big deal for us. And so we actually took their spot. And 
uh, I, I would say this year, um, I mean, I'm not surprised about the odds that you that you just said here, but uh, I don't think this is a very scary team, to be honest. Um, I mean, they sh should be considered a contender to reach the finals and maybe even win, but uh, they are not. Do, they do not have this a scary team, at least not on paper. Um, but they do have, I think, one of the best goalkeepers in the world, uh, Juan Luigi Donnarumma. He's he's amazing. He's only 22 years old. He's he's already been the first uh, the first goalie for Italy for 26 games and for Milan for 215 games. I mean, it's ridiculous. He's 22 years old, so he's so, already one of the best goalies in the world, and he's going to be one of the best goalies for the next 15 years. It's ridiculous. So he's like the new Buffon. Yeah, but he's the new Buffon, but he started much earlier than Buffon. So, I mean, Buffon uh, was nothing when he was 22, right? Okay. Um, and but, but I would say, in my mind, the most important player for the team is is uh, my boy, uh, the, the, the Champions League winner, uh, Jorginho. Um, he's, uh, I mean, he's, he's actually not been a key player for Chelsea. But in Italy, he is a key player. Basically, everything that that uh, happens in 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 play for Italy goes through him. And if he is in good form, uh, that will be huge for Italy. Um, and then I think you know, uh, Italy are known not for their attacking play, but for their defensive play, and that's why, of course, I I, I mentioned Donnarumma. But they they also do have a very a very strong defense, especially the central defense. Here you have two two players who have played with each other at least a hundred times in the national team, and at least two hundred times together in Juventus. And it's um, it's Bonucci and Cellini uh, who are quite old, both of them. Uh, yeah, they're 36 both like 38. thirty mid thirties, right? Like no, no. So so uh, Bonucci is thirty eight and uh, Cellini is uh, thirty six. So so they're okay. quite old. Even older. Yeah, but uh, but they're uh, but they're still really good. And I mean, in, in these types of competitions, what you need is is actually you know experience. And you know these two players are not only experienced; they have experience playing with each other. So so it's pretty. Uh, I think it's it's going to be a pretty big deal. So, uh, so so to me, I know we could talk about old players. I don't think we have time for that. But I I would say you know. To me, this is the, the key to know about Italy, the strong defense. And they're not going to concede much, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the three competitors because I know you have some things to say about Turkey. I have some things to say about Wales as a Tottenham fan. The other one is Switzerland, and, and they're pretty good too. Uh, Switzerland, they were they, they had that um, those anti-Albanian guys in the World Cup who were doing what what was that that eagle symbol that they were doing after they scored yeah, yeah. that they got in trouble for? Yeah, they do they do the eagle. And I think that that's uh, probably uh, one of the things that people love the most about uh, Albania uh, in in the last World Cup. And I guess Switzerland was it Shakiri who did that, or yeah, I don't remember. Shakiri, Shakiri. Yeah. So who do you think has the best shot at upsetting Italy for winning first? Because I feel like minus 186 in general, we saw this in the last World Cup. In general, it's not good gambling-wise to bet on the favorite to win a group because you only have to get top two to qualify. 
And it doesn't really, the odds don't really match up with the incentives because teams can be content to get second place if they know that, if they know that they're already in. So in general, it's better to, to bet on some long shots to win. And for me, Wales at 12 to one, that, that seems like the best because this guy, Gareth Bale, the very, the last year olds, Wales went to the semifinals, right? They knocked out Belgium and Gareth Bale played out of his mind. And from watching him at Tottenham this year, when he cares, when Bale is fit and he cares, he's very, very good. His per 90 minutes metrics for goals and assists and things like that, he was top of the league and like how much points he was producing on a per minute base but he was just never fit and it was very clear that this whole season his number one goal was to just stay healthy and get into good form for the euros which is the only thing he really cares about now he's done everything he's wanted to do in the club for him he's not really motivated there but this this euro tournament this is like the last big thing he's going to do in his career besides the world cup, if they qualify. And I would bet on uh, Wales is plus two thirty to make it to the top two. I I would bet on that. I mean, I know Switzerland is good and Turkey is always scary, but I mean, this is it. it, Bale is awesome when he's on form. I mean, Wales, it's, it's a hard team, right? If Gareth Bale plays well, this could be a great summer for Wales. I mean, five years ago, he was the king of the Euros, and he uh, he was he was basically the one who took them to the semis by himself. And of course, if he plays like shit, they're gonna lose all three games. So I'm I think yes, I think you have a point. Uh, he hasn't cared about anything but the national team for the last you no know, six years, um, and and that's been pretty clear uh, also this season. Uh, so if he performs, yes, but I think it's a, it's a, I wouldn't make that bet to me. That's going to be a tough bet. If I would bet for uh, bet on one team here, this group, it would be Turkey. Okay. Um, and I, I think, like I said, I think they are the, for me, they are one of the dark horses of this tournament. Uh, they don't have the strongest Turkey, team. Turkey, by the way, is plus 540 to win. They're plus 130 to qualify. So, so what does that mean? You get five, so, five times yeah, the money. So it's like five point four to one odds. If if they win first, you bet a hundred dollars, you'll profit five hundred and forty dollars. And then to bet on yeah. them to qualify to get uh or, or to get top two, not necessarily qualify, but top two, it, it's plus one thirty. So it's just above even odds. Yeah, no, I I I I could I could place a bet on them winning the group. Uh, I mean, again, they don't have the strongest team. Uh, they have. Uh, but they do have some players are in, in amazing form. First of all, uh, Hakan Shalanoglu, um, in who plays in Milan, he has had an amazing season. He's he's been the difference whenever uh, Milan has has uh, you know won games. I mean, of course, for Slatan Ibrahimovic, obviously, but he has been kind of the, the, the key player for Milan. And when he has been out, uh, they have lost their games. Uh, the, the the second guy that I I really think is is interesting is is Yilmaz. He's he's quite old, but he has had an incredible season in Lille uh, in in the French league. And I mean, he's actually one of the reasons why Lille uh, uh, kind of uh, won that uh, yeah, very won, surprising right? title. Yeah, yeah, they won the very surprising title. Um, and actually, their defense is uh, is pretty good too. Their their central defense they have. Um, uh, Suyuncu from from uh, Leicester, uh, who who has a pretty good season behind him, 
and then Kabak in Liverpool, who who hasn't had a greatest season, but I mean, he plays for Liverpool, so, so uh, you know, it's, he's he's not crap, obviously. Um, so, and, and I think here, I think one thing you should not forget about is uh, Turkey is one of the few teams in the Euros who actually belongs to a dictatorship. So potentially yeah. they could be pretty, you know, they could be pretty doped. Uh, yeah. And that could be a potential advantage for them. So th- yeah. think about that. Yeah, a pretty crazy story that just went down uh, a couple days ago, actually. That club in the Turkish league, Fenerbahce, Fenerbahce, how do you pronounce Fenerbahce. it? Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce. Yeah, so they uh, they got in trouble for max match fixing 10 years ago. And there, I have no idea what's real or what's not in this story, but that... Um, there was two prosecutors who handed down that penalty 10 years ago, and they just got sentenced to a thousand years in jail, a thousand years, like a hundred different lifetime sentences for, uh, for false claims on that deal. Who knows what's real and what's not in that, but that is crazy. That is crazy. But yeah, I I feel that. I feel that Uh, dictatorship playing for, a country with a dictatorship that can give you a boost in a tournament or it can, it can make you less motivated. But uh, I feel what you're yeah. saying with Turkey that they've always played even before they were a dictatorship. The first time I watched Euros, like in 2008, Turkey, they beat Croatia with Modric and all of them back when they were those players that made the finals in the world. Then the last world cup, they were all young, young kids back then. And Turkey beat them. It was really interesting. They always play hard. They always play tough. So you've got mm-hmm. Turkey as a long shot, but I'm going to stick with Wales just because it's it's plus 1,200. It's way better odds. And Gareth Bale, I mean, this is the only thing he cares about. I think he's going to go into God mode just like he did in the last Euro tournament. So that'll be an interesting group. I need I need to give an honorable mention to my boy Ethan Ampadu uh, in in uh, Wales. He's a Chelsea player who was who has been on loan in Sheffield United this whole season, and he's only 20. And uh, he was the by far best player in Sheffield, who got relegated, obviously. But he's going to be a pretty important player also for Wales. And he's, he's their future. I mean, Ga- uh, Gareth Bale, he's, uh, he doesn't have many years left. And, and Ethan Ampadu, is, is, this is his first uh, um, uh, champ- championship. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see him play. All right. Okay. That's, a, the, that's a super competitive group. Uh, let's let, move let on me, to... Uh, wait, 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 I, I have, uh, uh, we have something, we have one section here in each group that I want oh, to yes. talk about. It's oh, yes. the, the, the bro of the group, and I, I've already mentioned him. Um, it's uh, Donnarumma. Uh, I, I think, you know, as I said, Milan uh, made him their starting goalkeeper when he was 16. And this is totally unheard of, right? And thanks to Milan, he established this himself. AC, AC Milan or a, Inter? A, in AC Milan, yeah. Okay. So, so, so thanks to Milan, he established himself as a world-class goalkeeper. So, so the, he he has a lot to to thank them for, right? And and Milan even had several pretty bad years, potentially partially because they had a lack of experience in their defense, including their goalkeeper, right? Um. So now Milan finally are back in the, in the Champions League uh, next season for the first time since they actually gave Donnarumma that spot. And he fucks off and doesn't renew his contract. <laughs> so he just give them, gives them the big fucking middle finger uh, for the next season. So Donnarumma's view is that 
he doesn't owe Milan shit. Now it's all about cashing checks and breaking necks. And you know, his agent, Mino Raiola, who's also Slatan's agent, he knows how to squeeze out the big bucks out of everyone around. So 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 you know, I bet Donnarumma, uh, he's he he's such a fucking asshole. Uh, already at, at year 22. And but I, I you gotta love him about it. You gotta love him for that, right? So so to me, uh, you know, he to me he's the bro of, of this group. All right, Donnarumma, bro of group A. Let's move on to group B. This one, I yeah. don't think it will be nearly as competitive as group A. It seems like it's a two horse race here. It's Belgium, Denmark, Russia, and Finland. And I know Russia had a lot of success in the World Cup. Uh, you and I went to it. We saw some, some badass Russian games, one of them in person. It was really cool, but it was also very obvious that they were allowed to juice in that tournament and the other teams weren't. They had testing kits that were quote-unquote misplaced, and you could see distant. they have distance run metrics on players, especially the midfielders in Russia, that the amount of meters that they ran throughout the entire tournament just blew away the rest of the field of everyone else. It was so obvious they were on HGH, so obvious, and I don't think they'll be allowed to do that in this tournament because they're not hosting it like they hosted the World Cup. But that's where you're wrong. That's where you're wrong. They're actually playing their games in St. Petersburg, most of them. So uh, I'm pretty sure they will be juicing. juicing. And they did well last time uh, with a uh, home advantage. And uh, I think they will do pretty well this time too. Um, But I I should say this group is is pretty competitive, I think, actually. I think Russia, they have a chance not winning this group but at least you know they, they do have a good chance qualifying they do have uh, i i don't want to say they have a good team but they have some players who uh who can surprise you remember in the world cup uh, alexander golovin did had an amazing world cup and he's he's you know he's three years better now um uh, he was quite young then he's still quite young but he's potentially you know the the star of the team and then you have one of my favorite players uh, in the world, uh, Artyom Zuba. I mean, he is um, he's like a fucking tower up on the top. I mean, it's just like... He, he's the I don't forward. Think he, yeah, exactly. I, I'm not sure he has feet. I mean, he, he has a head and he scores with that head. And he's, he's, a, he's a fucking tower. Uh, I mean, I love that guy. Um, and, and I don't know if you heard about the, this scandal with Zuba uh, this last year. Have you heard about this? What happened? So he actually got kicked out of the national team for jacking off on camera. <laughs> yeah. So, so he, I guess he was like jacking off uh, and you know filming it, and he sent it to some some girl, and then obviously that that shit leaked, and then he got so. I mean, this is Russia, right? So he got so fucking shamed uh, about this, which I think obviously, I mean, who doesn't jack off? I mean, okay, you're yeah. an idiot if you jack off and film it, but. I mean, yeah, who I'm surprised that he would get shame in Russia. He would definitely get shame in America. And that's what happened to that that uh, that comedian dude, that that bald ginger comedian. I forget his name, but it, it sounds like in Louis Russia C. that would be fine behavior. Yeah, Louis C.K. But in Russia, yeah. why why do the Russians care? No, they're they're super conservative in Russia, and you know, uh, it's the whole church thing, and you know. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's stupid, and I guess at some point they realize it's stupid. So now he's back in the team, and he's he's of course super important for them. Okay. Um, 
So, so I, I'm, I'm of course, uh, I of course have some love for Russia, um, but uh, then I think I actually think all teams in this group are interesting. I want to talk about the sh- the shittiest team in the group, Finland. Finland, they are Finland is plus three thousand, so they're thirty to one odds to win the group. They are nine point five to one odds to get top two. Uh, they they are they're, yeah. they're by far the lowest odds. And they're and they're not going to win the group. I I'll I'll bet my left uh, pinky for, on that, right? Because I mean, Finland is a shitty team. They have never been in the Euro. Um, this is the first time. And they actually yesterday was it two days ago they played, uh, you know this this friendly game to, to kind of warm up for this uh, for the Euros um, against the shittiest team, the absolutely shittiest team in in Europe, Estonia, and they lost one nil. So I I, I mean it, it's fun to to see Finland in there. Um, I mean it's it's uh, you know little brother to Sweden. And it's going to be really fun to see Finland play against Russia because that's going to be a very hateful game. They, they, they have been in wars yeah. against How each other. How many wars? I know they uh, fought a war right before World War II. I don't know how many wars, but uh, I mean, Russia <laughs> occupied occupied Finland uh, for, for uh, a bunch of years. Uh, before they actually won their independence through the, this this uh, big big war where when when the Finnish guys were on skis and shit, so it's this wild. is going to be an extremely wild game. I think uh, you know uh, Finland are going to be super pumped for that game, and they're they're I, I if if it if you could give give me some odds on there being a red red card in this game, I, I I'll. I would be probably interested to to bet on that because this could be a hard game. Okay. Uh, so I, 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 don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. If cards, the over on card, the, the, those kind of props, they don't come out until sh- like 24 hours before the match starts. But that's an interesting prop. I'll, I'll definitely bet on that. Yeah. And uh, they do actually have one strong player, I guess, I guess the star of the team. His name is Temo Puki. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, two years ago, he shocked uh, he plays in norwich who who aren't even in the premier league and what but position, he, he, what uh, position? Uh, striker okay he he shocked the premier league last season not this one but the one before and basically scored you know i think it was seven goals in like seven games and then there was this big big uh, thing that uh, norwich norwich people norwich fans would say no pookie no party hell yeah um, and he so he, he, he's pretty cool but Anyway, to be honest, he's he's, he's probably shit. So um, I I wouldn't bet Finland. I, I actually my my potential yeah. bet here, except for the red card, is that Finland is going to score exactly zero goals this tournament. Okay. I mean, I, so I, there will I, be I no could, party. There will be no party. There, there will be no, no pookie no party. party. No pookie okay. party. No. Okay. Then, let's let's talk about so Russia. Russia is plus five twenty five to win first. Plus one seventy for the top two, but I think from from my high level view, uh, I really like the two top teams in this group. As interesting as Russia and Finland are, uh, I I mean I know Russia is going to have some home games, but they're not hosting the entire tournament, and I, I I'm just not confident that they're going to be allowed to juice as much as they were in the World Cup. Uh, Belgium is super talented. Denmark I love as well. 
Uh, I, I really like Denmark out of this group as a, as an underdog play. They're plus 260 to win. Belgium Belgium obviously has the best players, but it feels like their generation has peaked. The last Euros and the last World Cup, that was, they had this golden generation and they were all in their primes, but they kind of petered out. And, and it was sad to see because one of the reasons a lot of people say is that they played this style of soccer, this attacking style that is really hard to put together in international tournaments where you have a limited amount of time to practice, a limited amount of time to get chemistry. And that's really important for attacking style. And when they go up against teams like France, who were packing the box or parking the bus and things like that, they, they weren't able to convert. And now they're a bit older. Um, they, they obviously are the most talented and they're the best. They have the, the Real Madrid goalie and goal. They have Lukaku, who is basically an NFL linebacker playing as a striker. He's really good. They have uh, Hazard and De Bruyne in the midfield. They're awesome. But I also really like Denmark here. Christian Eriksen, he's he's a soccer god. Christian Eriksen is awesome. He's He's been my favorite player since I've been watching. He's incredible. He Every time there is a set piece, it's like it's a coin flip on whether or not he's going to score. And if he doesn't score, he hits the post. I think that Denmark is a really big underdog play here at plus 260. But Belgium, I mean, minus 139, that's not heavily, it's not over heavily favorite to win. Who would you take? So I think if you want to bet it safe, you bet for uh, for Belgium. Uh, but I fully agree with uh, with uh, uh, what you're saying. Actually, Belgium has the oldest squad in the in the Euros. That you wouldn't think that, right? I mean, you always their think defense, that you know, Belgium their defense have is a, old. Their defense yeah. got super and, old. And, and I mean, these these stars that uh, were you know the young young. They were who were kind of the shit a couple of years ago, uh, like uh, uh, you know you have uh, Kevin De Bruyne, you have Eden Hazard, you have uh, Lukaku. They're all you know they're all reaching their thirties, uh, right? I think Eden Hazard is, is he already already thirty. So, and then you have a very old uh, defense. Uh, so uh, and of course Courtois, a great goalie, but he's uh, he's uh, also quite old now. So. I I I share your your view on that. This this team uh, they're extremely talented and they could actually win the whole uh, Euros. But they're uh, this is their sh- last chance. So maybe if you believe that uh, they this is a team a generation that should take their last chance, then this this would be it, right? But Denmark I think are an extremely exciting team, and I, and it it hurts me a little bit to say this because. Uh, Swedes don't love Denmark very much, especially when it comes to football. We, we hate them, but it's hard to not give them credit for uh, for what they've done last uh, couple of games. I mean, they uh, they have conceded zero goals the, their last couple of games. They have, I think, last three games, they've scored like 15 goals or something. Uh, and they have an extremely interesting team. I mean, you already mentioned uh, Ericsson. Um, you, uh, you did you mention Hoybier? Um, yeah, he's awesome. Uh, he's awesome. And, and then, of, and then of course, you know, Andreas Christensen. Hoybier, a, a defensive midfielder, by the way. Or we're trying to name positions. Hoybier is a defensive midfielder. Ericsson is an attacking midfielder. So they dominate. Uh, Denmark has the potential to dominate the middle of the field, where most of the play is going on, both in the in the back and in the front of that middle third. 
Yeah, and I think what's what's um, in, uh, if, if you want to have one interesting fact, I don't know if it's going to help you much, but this is actually the tallest team. They have they they are the tallest team in the whole Euros. Uh, so you should uh, really look out headers. for uh, for headers, right? Yeah, and this. And they, and they do they do have some pretty interesting uh, interesting tall players. I mean, they have Braithwaite, uh, who's who's in, in Barcelona. He's not great, but I mean, he plays in Barcelona, so he can't be shit, right? Right. Um, Braithwaite is have, a strike is a striker, right? Exactly a striker. And then you have Yusuf Paulson, who's also a striker, who's 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 pretty decent. Um, and then I think they actually have one in term in their defense. They have a very strong defense. So first of all, they have one of the best goalies in the world, in my opinion, uh, Kasper Schmeichel. He's he's been amazing this season. Uh, and then their 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 central defense. Uh, and I, maybe you've noticed I like to talk about the central defense, but I think uh, because it's so important uh, for for to to, keep, to kind of lock in the clean sheets. But they have Andreas Christensen, who who has made a great season in Chelsea. Uh, and uh, Simon Cher, uh, who's uh, yeah plays for AC Milan and, and has done it quite well. So this is a very interesting team. And you know, I if you want to do a crazy bet, um, and this I might do this crazy bet. It's to bet on Denmark winning the whole Euro uh, tournament. What would I get for that? You would get. Plus twenty five hundred, so it's twenty five to one odds for Denmark to win, a nine to one odds for them to make the finals, and plus three fifty three point five to one for them to make the semifinals. Yeah, I I I I, I, I fuck with that bet. I, I would fuck with that bet. I like that. Okay. Um. So 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 I'll probably probably I'll I'll I'll, I'll bet. Uh, a bit of cash on Denmark. I like that bet. Okay. Um, but let me. Uh, should, should I? Should I tell? What else do you want to pick apart yeah. here? Otherwise, before I want to move, move to the bro. Before we move to the bro, the group. I, I did want to give one shout out because you were talking about Casper Schmeichel earlier, and I, uh, I, I love him too. I've always been fascinated by him. He is the Leicester City goalie. So, and he was pivotal in that run. And 2015-2016, when Leicester City had that incredible, like bigger odds than Elvis being alive run of winning the premier league. He was pivotal in that he's really, really good. So I do like Schmeichel. I do like Denmark. I do like a lot of their players. So who is the bro of the group? Before I, before I jump to the bro, I just want to also mention Denmark won the Euro, uh, Euro cup 29 years ago, 92. Okay. Belgium has never won. So if you're talking about experience, then you you know you know uh, Denmark have a bigger chance. Okay, but uh, I want to talk about the biggest bro in the group, and this is you know out, out of all of the bros we're going to talk about, this is my uh, favorite bro. <laughs> he's he's of course Russian, uh, and his name okay. and he's actually he's actually not going to play uh, because he didn't make the squad, but I still want to talk about him because uh, he's hilarious. His name is Alexander Kokorin, uh, and he. When he was, um, uh, you know, young, he was the shit. He was going to be the, the big talent. He was going to carry the national team, you know, next 15 years. Uh, he he did play in the Euros uh, 2016 in France, uh, and and he did very well, I, I must say. And what you what you need to, I think, before we kind of get into what happened to Kokorin, is I think uh, what you need to know is that 
Russians have always hated their national team in, in football. I mean, they love their national team in, in ice hockey, but in football, they, they hate it. And this really, uh, this really, you know, accelerated the hate the people had against their team really accelerated after the, uh, the Euro Cup 2014, uh, when a player called Andrei Arshavin, uh, who's also an asshole, uh, he, uh, they, uh, the team basically uh, did a pretty bad tournament, uh, and they they lost, I think, most of their games, and they and they didn't, you know, they didn't go through to the to the next round, basically. And in an interview, Andrei Arshavin uh, said, uh, you know, I don't give a shit if you if you people uh, are are disappointed. I don't give a shit about you. I don't play for you. I play for myself. <laughs> so he basically said that, and you know. Russia, Russians were not super happy about that because you know uh, they, they were like actually protests and shit. So, so this is you know this really increased the hate for the national team. And then you know Kokorin, uh, he. Uh, uh, what you need to know about Russia? Russians are quite poor, and Russians don't. Most Russians don't have money to drink champagne and, and stuff like that, right? Uh-huh. And there was a, and there was a big scandal when Kokorin then, and, and honestly I don't think this should be a scandal, but this was a scandal. This was a big deal. He and another guy, I think Mamaev, his name was, they were in this uh, ski resort called uh, Kuchevel, and they ordered like a thousand bottles of Cristal, uh, and they had like the club had to like collect bottles from other clubs and like uh, uh, these, this they like poured it out on the floor and it was like fucking fountains and shit. Hell yeah. And, then, and, and obviously that's that's pretty bro, right? But it's super bro. Uh, the, the the Russian people did not really like this, right? So so he actually got kicked out of the national team. Um and then uh, uh after like a couple of months after that uh I, I would assume he was not in his most stable mindset. He and uh, Mamaev, this guy, then they, they uh, in Moscow, assaulted uh, a Russian official in a restaurant. Um, so, and this was caught him on camera, and they basically hit him in the face and screamed like racial slurs and stuff like that. Um, and he actually got five years in prison. Uh, the, the player yeah. got five years? Kokorin got five now? years. No, he actually got released uh, after six months. Uh, I guess there were a bunch of, you know, in, in Russia you can you can bribe yourself out of prison and stuff like that. So wait, wait, I, guess, what, I guess what racial slurs was he saying? Because everyone in Russia is white. I thought is it the the Russian uh, the Russian Muslims? I don't know. It must have been kind of something about uh, maybe this guy wasn't you know ethnically Russian or something like I don't know. Gotcha. But it, but it was it was a big deal. But, but he actually got out and. Now he actually signed uh, this this uh, winter in January. Actually signed for Fiorentina, uh, okay. and and actually started to play for Fiorentina. He didn't play. He hasn't played much, so he's oh, been Florence, cracked. And, and Florence, by the way, Florence is the one of the most bro cities I've ever been to. Arguably the most bro. It's the New Orleans of Europe. So he's he just from signing with that team, he gets even more bro points in my book. Uh, that team's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately, we won't see him uh, in the Euros, but uh, I still want to talk about him because he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it, it sounds like a pretty bro team between him and Zuba up top. 
Yeah. Sounds like a team to cheer for. All right. Let's uh let's move on to group C. We've got the Netherlands. They are they're the biggest favorites of any that we've talked about so far. They're minus 205 to win group C. And it's probably because the rest of the group is kind of weak. Second is Austria. And then third and fourth are Ukraine and North Macedonia. So Netherlands minus 205, Austria plus 450, Ukraine plus 475, and North Macedonia plus 4,000. So it seems like Netherlands to win is, is priced in like a lock. North Macedonia to win last is priced in like a lock. And then Austria and Ukraine are a coin flip for the second place spot. Yeah, and and I think this is what well, this is probably the weakest uh, group uh, in in the tournament. Uh, I mean, uh, Netherlands uh, they of course have a good team. Uh, I don't think they are one of these teams who are gonna you know win. Uh, I don't think they're gonna even reach the final. But uh, they do have a pretty interesting team. I mean, they're Frankie De Jong, a great player, and he's um, a midfielder, right? And and he he yeah he's he's a midfielder playing for Barcelona. They have probably one of the biggest, uh, biggest defensive uh, talents in the world. A central central defender for Juventus, uh, Matisse de Ligt. Okay. Um, and he's uh, he's he's pretty young. He's only twenty is it twenty one years old or something like that. And he's already uh, he's already you know been captain for the team uh, several games. Um, and then I mean they do 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 have. Uh, 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 Vinaldum from Liverpool, who's now, as I actually saw this morning, he seems to be signing for P- PSG now. Yeah, he has to decide between PSG for twice the money offered and Barcelona. It seems like an easy choice, but that yeah. is pretty impressive. To He's on Liverpool. He was on that amazing team, and now he's got a choice between those two. It seems very talented. But, but to me, what lacks in Holland is they don't have a super strong uh, attack. I mean, they have Memphis Depay, who's uh, who's, a, who's a striker, but I'm, I'm not super impressed with him. And then they have Luke De Jong, who's who's shit. Uh, and I guess you like uh, Steven Bergwijn, but he's not yeah. super good, is he? He's not very good. He's all right. I mean, he he's pretty talent. He's really fast. He's pretty talented. And what I've seen with him is that he has talent, but he was playing for a manager that didn't know training. He uh, he didn't know how to. Um, uh, by, by trained younger players and moves and things like that. And the initial month, like his first month, they were talking about Steven Bergewijn, his first month with Tottenham, he was awesome. And the last month of the season when that coach Mourinho was gone, he was also awesome. So I can see this. I mean, there are a lot of players who play better for their club team than the international team and vice versa. I could see Bergewijn being one of those guys that, uh, that gets a boost of confidence with the playing with the Netherlands instead of with the club team, um, he he's a two way he's a two way forward. He plays both defense and offense, and he's really fast. But I I do feel you in that they're the strongest of the group. But overall, they'll they'll probably falter out in the knockout stages pretty early on. And what the odds do you give me for uh, for Holland not winning the group? Because that's could not that could winning, be an interesting one. Not winning the group, it would be yeah. like plus one fifty, because they're okay. minus two hundred five to win the group. Mm. Okay, Let's yeah, see. but uh, but but they, but they should win this. I, I think 
you have the the worst it, team. I would say for them not to win the group, the bet is Austria or or Austria uh, I, versus Austria versus Ukraine. Uh, pick one of yeah. those to win the group. Uh, you get plus four fifty or plus four seventy five. If you get one of those right, I mean that that's the that's the best odds play yeah. to fade the Netherlands. I I could see Ukraine winning the group. Um, really, if if they shock Holland. Uh, if if they shock them, but I mean Holland should win this. But I think Ukraine are not. A, it's not a crazy bet. Uh, I think you have you have the worst team in the Euros, uh, North Macedonia, uh, in 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 this um, in this group. And I mean they're they're not gonna they're not gonna uh, you know score any goals. Uh, and and then I think you know Austria to me are not the super impressive team. I mean sometimes. They do well, but I don't see them. I don't see them do well uh, this year. So if Ukraine could get a draw against Holland, they could they could win the group. So um, to me, that's not a crazy. Come bet. down to the whoever scores more goals versus North Macedonia and gets the goal differential tiebreaker. It essentially come down yeah. to that. So maybe the overs, the the overs in the North Macedonia games are placed because teams are going to be gunning for that tiebreaker. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Ukraine—they um, don't have a bad team. Uh, they have actually a pretty interesting team. I mean, they have um, one of the players I hate the most, to be honest, Alexander Zinchenko, uh, who plays for Manchester City. He's a, he's a he's a fullback. Uh, I think he's a left fullback, uh, and and he's uh, he's been doing quite well this season. I don't like him very much. Um, but but uh, but uh, I cannot you know argue with facts here, right? And then they have a very interesting player who who I really like is Ruslan Milanovsky, Malinovsky, and he is um, actually one of the better players players in a in a very exciting Atalanta in Italy. Okay. Um, Atalanta is this high scoring Italian Serie A side that. Uh, they score tons and tons of goals and and have been taking Europe over by storm with their exciting play, and he's one of the big attackers on that team. Yeah, you you have another pretty interesting attacker who plays for West Ham, uh, Andrei Yarmolenko. Uh, he, uh, he, I mean, he's considered one of the best uh, best Ukrainian players of all time. Uh, so I th- so I think you you do have uh, a pretty interesting attack. And then what what they're lacking is is the defense. They don't have any good goalies. They don't have any good defenders. But they do have pretty good attack. So uh, potentially you could see a lot of goals in uh, Ukraine's games. Uh, an interesting game to bet on uh, on, for example, Holland versus Ukraine could be you know above five point five goals, for example. I, I could see that be being a very uh, a lot of goals being scored in that game. Um, I could see Ukraine scoring a lot of go- lot of goals against uh, North Macedonia. So if if you want to do an interesting bet, do that. Ukraine scores more than say eight point five goals in in the group stage. That that could be an interesting bet. 
Okay, there actually are odds for that. For the most goals scored in Group C, Ukraine is plus 500 for that, 5-1 to one odds. And then there's just a straight-up line for how many goals they'll score in the group stage, and it's over 3.5, plus 110 for Ukraine. If you think they have a possibility to score 8, maybe they covered this in the North Macedonia game alone. That's very interesting. This looks like a very interesting prop play. Ukraine yeah. over goals, over 3.5, and, and plus 500 to score the most in the group stage. Yeah, yeah, but uh, look, so saying they would score nine goals in three games—that's of course a crazy bet. So I could do that if it were, if I got really, really good odds because I I think I think they're going to score a lot. They're going to uh, first of all when they play against Holland, there are going to be a lot of goals in general. That could be you know a a three-two game to Holland, for example. Against North Macedonia, they're at least going to score two, potentially three, and then okay. against Austria, it could be a more defensive game. So you're saying three point. Plus three point five. Yeah, I'll I'll take that bet. Okay. All right. So let's. Uh, oh yeah, bro, the group for Group C. So you're saying, uh, okay, well, the the best bets. It seems like all Ukraine here plus four seventy five for Ukraine to win the group, fading Holland at minus two hundred five. Even though they're good, the odds are just not good for that. And Austria, you're not. You're not impressed with so Ukraine as far as the on-field betting. The, the, this is the darling of Group C. Yes, yes. To me, to me they are. Uh, and off the and, field, and, who and, is the darling of this group? And, and of course, they also have the bro of uh, bro of the group. And I've talked about him already. But Alexander Zinchenko, he, he, he's quite good. Um, and uh, for some uh, for some reason, or for that reason, I guess Pep Guardiola has has let him play a lot for, for Manchester City this season. Uh, and you can see that that's really gone to, to his head, right? He, he's one of these guys who's, uh, you know, a bully in high school who will punch, you know, the school nerd in the face. If you just ask him, you know, tell him, bro, can you just punch that nerd in the face? And, you know, he, he'll, he'll do it. And he's also one of those guys that if you give him, if, if, he, if he gets a lot of confidence, uh, it's going to get to his head and he'll think he's the fucking king of the world and he's the shit. Uh, and you could kind of see that in uh, in Manchester City this season. Um, and you can definitely see that now in, in the Ukraine squad where he's the big star. And that's going to empower him and he's probably going to do something stupid. I can see him take a red card also. Uh, if if something goes wrong, if he, you know, um, if, if someone tackles him the wrong way or whatever... Uh, I, I could see him take a red card, uh, and and if he does, that's going to be hilarious because uh, watch watch out for uh, for Zinchenko. Uh, he's a player I'm going to follow in in all games that Ukraine Ukraine plays. Okay, all right, I'm all on board Ukraine now too. You've got me hooked. You've got me convinced. All right, let's move on to Group D. Uh, this looks like another group. Well, Okay, we'll see. Group D is England, Croatia, Czech Republic, and Scotland. So England is favored, minus 245. Croatia, the World Cup runner-ups, they are plus 350. Czech Republic, plus 1,200 to win the group. And Scotland is the biggest underdogs at plus 1,900. Um, England is, speaking from an American perspective, they are our... They tend to be our favorite European team because, you know, we used to be England. They speak English. They're most like us. I like Tottenham. They have our striker, at least for now. Um, 
England, uh, England is uh, an extremely exciting team. I mean, um, many, many people think, many experts think that they're going to win the World Cup. And that's pretty amazing because they have the youngest squad in the whole tournament. Uh, I mean, the, 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 this generation that they have now, it's, it's just incredible. Um, I mean, look at, uh, I mean, okay, we talked about Harry Kane and he's not, he's not young, right? He's actually going to be probably the captain of the team, him or, or Harry Maguire. 26. He's like 27, but it's an old 27. Okay. Maybe, uh, isn't he like 28 or something, whatever. So in, in any case, uh, so he, he's, he's old compared to the rest. Okay. We have uh, very exciting players, uh, like Jason, Jadon Sancho, uh, who's a, who's a winger. Uh, you have Declan Rice, who was probably the best defensive midfielder in uh, in uh, the league, uh, the Premier League. Uh, he plays for West Ham. You have um, uh, Phil Foden, who had his uh, breakout season like 18, this right? year. Uh, yeah, I think he's like 19, 18-year-old but, striker uh, for yeah. Man City. Is a winger, winger, yeah. Okay. You have you have the the best player for the the Champions League uh, winners, uh, Mason Mount. Who uh, who's uh, was one of the best players in the league, uh, midfielder, or uh, who who he's going to play next to his uh, childhood best friend Declan Rice, and okay. those two they 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 play you know football every day every every day that there's not the game or there's not the training they meet up and like play football together in the evening and they actually got criticized during you know uh, when when COVID. Uh, spun out of control last spring and uh, they were caught you know on camera playing football together uh, during a lockdown <laughs> so so they uh, they're i think them playing next to each other is going to be very interesting to see and 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 they've been doing it very well so far my only question mark is is their uh, uh, goalie uh, i don't think jordan pickford pickford is is very good um but he's been quite good in general uh in in the national team uh so uh, and he was very good in the world cup uh he's a backup uh, he's a backup for his club right he plays for man city yeah but he's, he's not really i mean he's actually their first first goalie but he he was benched a couple of games for for my my, my boy uh uh my boy uh, uh robin olsen swedish uh swedish uh, goalie okay um but uh, and what's amazing about England is that if you look at the right back position, they have yeah. they have f- probably maybe the maybe the four best right backs in the world <laughs> for right. one position. Yeah. They have uh, they have uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, who who was probably the best right back in the world uh, one and a half year ago, and he's and he is uh, you know twenty two. <laughs> You have Reese James, my boy Reese James, who's uh, uh, who's um, was amazing for Chelsea this year. Potentially going to be a starter, or it's or uh, the starter will be Kyle Walker, who was starting every game basically for Manchester City. And then you have Kieran Trippier, who was amazing in in um, uh, in, in Atletico Madrid. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a big fan of him. Well, I will say one thing about right backs to for, uh, to to the American fans. That are listening to this that don't know much about this think of right backs as you're, you're watching an nhl game the offensive defenseman so when you're on a power play and in, in defense or like you're in the zone and the defense are, are can are kind of controlled how the offense starts the, that's what a right back and a left back is they're further back and their primary 
responsibility is defense, but they are also pivotal in the offense because they control what happens in the game when you're attacking down the flank, down the sideline, which is usually where you have to attack to get deep and not get off sides and things like that. But that's also one of the most interesting things that I've heard about this England team is that it seems like they are overloaded in talent on the the fullbacks on the left back and the right back position and they have they have more players than they can deal with i mean you said trent alexander arnold he was liverpool's right back and liverpool was like the best team ever last year and he's not going to make the team because he got hurt but it looks like he wasn't going to make the team even healthy and it was really controversial and that's crazy but then the center backs the primarily defensive players they, they seem to be kind of weakened and then you say they have a weak goalie that could be, I mean, they, they're, they're talented in all the positions, but then they have deficiencies in the most defensive positions. And that could be a, an issue in a tournament like this in the Euros where defense is most important and attacking is way harder. I think, uh, I think Trent uh, is, he got picked. Uh, to, he, got hurt. He, he got hurt when? yesterday, like a couple of days yes. ago. Oh, I, I missed that. Okay. Well, that's great for my boy, Reese, Reese James. So no, I I I I still think yeah they they don't have the strongest defense, but they have probably strongest midfield and the strongest uh, offense. So I they have an amazing team, and you know one game I'm really looking forward to is England Scotland. That's going to okay. be a great great game. Uh, you know you know that England and Scotland those are two teams that really hate each other, right? Right. Uh, I mean Scotland. You, 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 you Americans all kind of know this uh, uh, dynamics, I guess. With uh, you know, well, Scotland know the, want, the wanting Brexit to leave the stuff, union. They were they were upset about it. There's a lot of politics stuff going on. And then, like in the history, England took they owned Scotland. Like they, I, I've seen that movie Braveheart with Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. yeah and um, uh, I mean Scotland. They actually a lot of people now want to leave the the, the union, right? They want to leave uh, uh, UK, uh, and that could be that could be you know they could become the newest country in the world in a couple of years. So, but this this is a hate game, and this is going to be hard, and there's going to be there's going to be you know fighting on the pitch. There, and I, I potentially, if you want to bet on the red card, this game could have a red card. Okay. Um, and and you know I can see Scotland, who is the weakest team in this group. Potentially upsetting uh, England and and you know uh, uh, even winning that game against England, who is the strongest team on the group. It, that's going to be that extremely happens, That happens in the last Euro. England was upset by Iceland, who we found out was pretty good. They qualified for the World Cup, but Iceland beat England in the last Euro, and it was this big national embarrassment for England. Everyone around the world was making fun of them. And you think there's a potential for that to happen again with Scotland in this big hate game? Yeah, yeah. No, so, um, yeah, I mean, they don't have a lot of good play- players at all. I mean, they have Tierney, uh, who's who's pretty good for Arsenal, and of course, I I need to, uh, as as a Chelsea lover, I need to also uh, mention Billy Gilmore, who's uh, probably their future. Right? He's a 20, 20 year old. What positions? Uh, very, what positions are, are Tierney and so, Billy yeah, Gilmore? T- uh, so, uh, so Tierney is uh, is of, often plays wing back. Okay, uh, but he, but he can be a midfielder also, uh, and and he can be a defender, so he's quite versatile. Um, and uh, and Billy Gilmore is a, is a central midfielder who's who's kind of controlling the pitch, 
Uh, he's not going to be a starter. He's too young, but uh, he could he could uh, do do a substitution and and really upset uh, uh, up, upset uh, the, the team. And we talked about the importance of sub- good substitutions, right? Okay. Um, and then I think another interesting team in this group is uh, Cro- uh, Croatia. They, uh, I mean, their their golden generation is almost retiring now second place in, in world cup second place in the world France. cup uh, that was that was three years ago now they are three years older uh, ivan persisic he is uh, you know uh, he's quite old he's 33 i think Perisic is uh, the guy who scored in the final he scored that really long goal and then went to the camera and pointed at his thighs like most athletes point to their forearms or their biceps when when they're showing really strong he pointed to his thigh i thought that was super cool he's very strong yeah. lower body strength and he's uh, so he's a winger uh, and and plays for uh, inter milan Okay. Uh, of, of course, you have you know th- their midfield. Uh, midfield is very interesting. You have Luka Modric, who uh, you know maybe not anymore. Uh, maybe not anymore, but he was the the, the best, uh, one of the best players in the world. Uh, you know, one or two seasons ago. And then you have Matteo Kovacic, who's uh, who's been doing it very well in Chelsea. Um, and then I need to really uh, one of my favorite players in the world uh, is uh, uh, Domagoj Vida. Do you remember him? I don't. Uh, so, so he's uh, he's is this kind of asshole player defender. Uh, he's uh, he like uh, uh, likes to do dirty tackles and stuff like that. And uh, in the World Cup in Russia th- three years ago, he in an interview he said, uh, you know, uh, I, this game I played for my my boys in in Crimea, <laughs> and that that was a pretty big deal, and a lot of people got pretty angry, but. He's this pretty outspoken oh, dude yeah. who's is who's is pretty fun to watch. And he, he, if you Google a picture of him, he, he looks pretty funny. Um, he, he used to have quite long hair. Um, I'm gonna find a picture of him. Uh, he he, he, he has this Domagoy Vida. Uh, so, but he has long hair. Uh, looks a little bit like a ghost in his face. Okay. He's pretty ugly. He's a pretty ugly guy, but uh, yeah. That could be good. That could be good in sports. Yeah. Uh, no, but but so so, so so this is a fun team. Uh, the only problem is that uh, you know I, I see potentially you know Croatia not not going through to the next round. They have been do they haven't been doing it well the last couple of games last couple of years and their their best players are quite old now. So potentially, if you want to you know bet do a surprise bet, that could be Croatia. You know not not proceeding to the next round. Okay. So who would who would take their spot in the in second place assuming that it's second place um it would be either Czech Republic or Scotland. Czech Republic would be slight favorites here. Czech Republic is plus yeah. 200 to get top 2 and Scotland is plus 310. I would I would bet with Scotland and not because they they they, they definitely have the worst team but I think they are, you know, this is the first time they're in the Euros for I think thirty years or something like that, and okay. they're going to be super energized, uh, especially in the game against England. Okay, but the Czech Republic. Ch- do these teams? I have a question about Scotland. So these teams uh, that are, are typically the worst teams, do they get like more practice time together since the other players are more focused on club, or is it all the same? Like these, these are all pros. 
although in, nah. in like Olympic basketball, that was a big deal. Like Lithuania or other, the non-USA teams, they practice more together. They have more chemistry and uh, it, it's an advantage that some shitty teams can have that can kind of equalize against the more talented teams in some situations. If the, if the talented teams aren't playing up to their level. Yeah. I know I I know I don't think that that applies here. I mean, okay. uh, I mean most of the players in Scotland play in the Scottish league and the Scottish league uh, you know finishes its season at the same time as the Premier League, right? So okay. I don't I don't see any advantage in that. I think it's more about being very energized and uh, and you know really being um, really you know fighting fighting for uh, to to do something good on the pitch, right? Um I mean, I think Czech Republic, they have an interesting team. Uh, one of the best players in the Premier League la- last season, Tomas Susek, uh, plays for uh, midfielder for West Ham. Um, he's good, but otherwise, and then there's another, you know, defender for West Ham called uh, Shufal. Um, but in general, I don't see Czech Republic having a great team. Potentially, they're on the same level as Scotland. So okay. if, if you want to do an upset bet, if you want to have something with, with pretty good odds, I, I could see Scotland you know, taking the, the, the second place in the group. Okay. All right. Um, uh, but but I mean, the favorites, the, favorites should, the favorites should still be Croatia to take the second spot. But yeah, the bro of the group, again, I don't know if I'm following the rules here or not, if I'm breaking the rules, uh, but... It's going to be a player who was not picked uh, for the England, squ- uh, England squad. Um, he's uh, he's a pretty fun fun player to watch. He's a pretty interesting player. It's uh, Jamie Vardy. Okay. Do you know the story about? Yeah, do you know? Do you know? He's do you know his bro. story? Yeah, I know his story, but you tell it. He's a bro king. He's a bro king. Yeah, I'm surprised he's so, not so, on the team. So he, he's uh, he's uh, this thirty-four uh, year old uh, uh, striker who for, for Leicester. Who, for, won, for, for won Leicester. The, yeah, won the trophy yeah. for them. Exactly. I mean, his story is, is quite awesome. When he was 23, he signed his, his, he signed his first professional contract with Leicester 2012. Um, and I mean, you know, most of the England squad we talked about, they're, they're below 23. And they, have, you know, signed their professional contracts when they were 16. So Jamie Vardy signed signed his first professional contract when he was 23, and the next and and, and Leicester weren't even in the Premier League; they were in the Championship. And the next season, uh, they got promoted to the Premier League. Uh, two years later, they won the Premier League, and and you all, we already talked about that a bit. That was you know uh, the craziest uh, craziest upset uh, you know probably ever, uh, probably in any any football yeah. league to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and, and and that year he was the king of the league, uh, and uh, and he was the king of the league many you know seasons after that also scored so many goals, and in his uh, early twenties of the of, of of the of his career so before he signed his professional contract he played in his local pub team, um, and uh, that that time he he actually made his money by working on the production line of a, a medical. Uh, splints factory uh, while playing for this local pub team. Um, so basically his game days were something like this. He would wake up super hungover, get ready for the game, uh, you know, go to the game, score a bunch of goals. Then he would like down a, bun, a couple of pints in the pub and get fucking hammered again, right? Hell yeah. Um, 
and um, uh, there was actually some incident, uh, uh, some incident a couple of years before he signed uh, that contract with Leicester, where he uh, uh, smashed a guy's face uh, in in a bar, uh, totally fucked him up. Uh, he actually got some sort of you know uh, sentence for that. Uh, I think he managed to stay out of prison, but he had to check in with some sort of parole officer. Uh, I don't know if it was on a daily basis or, or a weekly basis or whatever. But there are some stories about him you know, play, when he was playing for Fleetwood Town. Uh, when, he, uh, when there was an away game uh, and at the same time he had to check in with at the police station, his parents had to drive him. Uh, to the game, he he could you know only play the first sixty minutes, and then he had to get substituted. So he, and then he would like right from the pitch, he would like run to his mom's car, and then they would drive directly to that police station so he could do that check in. <laughs> that's that's um, incredible. Yeah, that's and crazy. and uh, and you know um, I, I you know you, you know I guess bros will be bros. In two thousand fifteen. Uh, uh, this was already when when he was uh, a big deal for Leicester. Um, when he played, um, uh, he, he was already a Premier League player. The Sun published a video of him uh, calling an Asian guy a Jap uh, and like screaming like fucking Jap uh, to this guy. And the, the guy was probably not even a Jap. He was like Vietnamese or something. <laughs> that was a, a pretty big deal for some reason. I mean, uh, right. well, didn't a bunch of the right before that Lester incredible title winning season, they, there was like three or four players that got kicked off the team because they filmed a video in Thailand because the owners are Thai. They filmed a video yeah. of Thailand saying racist stuff about Thai people. Yeah, I think they peed on a hook, they like peed on hookers or something like that. Uh, and I, and actually, there was this. I don't remember the name of the guy who was the manager then, but it was actually his son who yeah, was on the team. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then they had to hire that Greek dude because of it. And it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to the team. Yeah, Carlo. Uh, no, um, Claudio Ranieri. Yeah, yeah. I think he's Italian. Never mind. But in any case. Jamie Vardy, last 10 years uh, since he signed that professional contract, has been one of the most lethal strikers in the Premier League. Uh, and he's been doing that, performing like that, uh, while taking his occasional smoke uh, before and after games and, you know, Unreal. drowning, downing Red Bulls before before the games. <laughs> Unreal. So he's, he's a very interesting player. Um, can you give me the bet, uh, the, the odds on... Uh, Scotland beating England. I want to see if I want to place a bet on that. So England's this is a three-way money line. So uh, England is minus three hundred five to win. The draw is plus four twenty-five, and Scotland is plus eight fifty. So <laughs> it would take like twelve dollars to win one hundred dollars if you bet on Scotland. Ooh, that's an exciting bet. I I'm I'm probably gonna place a bet on that. I I love that bet. That, that's gonna be great. It, it's it's a lottery ticket, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, England should win, but eight time eight times the money that that's 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 not bad, I, because I I think it could happen. Yeah, and it happened last time. It happened in the last Euro with the Iceland. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a, another thing I would uh, it, it, for people who like to put place, you know, specific bets, uh, Harry Kane scoring more than five goals, so five. More than 5.5 goals for the whole tournament. That could be a pretty interesting bet. 
he's he's if England are gonna win the gold, he he ha- he will be the king of the Euros. And I guess guess uh, Stephen, that that's a bet you might be interested in placing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he his uh for I mean it's just for the group stage, but he's over his line is over two point five minus one thirty nine, so there's a bit of juice on that. But I mean, he's going to take the penalties for England, so I'm sure they'll get one or two in the group stage. That'll be interesting. But he's not a he's playing he's dropping deep a lot more. He's more of a passing attacker than he is a, a striking attacker now, although he did, he led the Premier League in both goals and assists this year. So, I mean, I guess he, I guess he does score a lot, but yeah, he's, he's, his over under is 2.5 goals um, for the golden boots for the top goal scorer. He is the odds on favorite, but it's still uh, underdog odds. He's plus 650 to win the golden boot. Mm. I mean, I think I like, uh, that I like could be a pretty Mbappe good bet. Yeah, I guess Mbappe. Well, we'll get to I, mean, that. I mean, it's Harry Kane or Mbappe. I mean, it's one of those, no? Yeah, yeah. Mbappe is is plus ten thousand or plus one thousand, ten to one odds. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. So lottery ticket odds on on Scotland. Um, bet on Harry Kane to score goals. And Jamie Vardy, surprisingly not on the team, but he is definitely the bro of the group. He is a yeah. bro king. All right, two more groups to go. Let's get to Group E, a very interesting one for you. And then the next one will be a group of death, but let's do Group E. The favorite is Spain, minus 286. The second favorite yeah. is your boys from Sweden, plus 650. And then right behind them is Poland plus 700 and then slovakia plus 1700 are the underdogs i'm actually surprised that sweden have lower odds than than poland because poland are ranked higher and uh, you know they have Lewandowski. is is he healthy i think he's playing or if he's not that would be very good for sweden i'm pretty sure he's playing he was out for a couple of games, but then he got back in the end of the season. Okay. Yeah, he returned. But, okay. Yeah, but if we back. start, we, if we start with Spain, I mean, yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, of course, they they should be the favorites to win this group. Uh, yeah, they are minus but, minus two eighty six. I feel like uh, I mean, Spain was awesome back when we were kids, like ten years ago. But minus two eighty six, I feel like with those odds, I, I would never bet on Spain, especially seeing what they did in the World Cup. They seem like kind of a dysfunctional. They have been dysfunctional yeah. for the past ten years, ever since they won that title. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, they, I, they, I don't think I don't like their team. I don't think they have that many in, impressive players. I mean, I, I don't see any star in this team. I mean, there is no, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. There is no Mbappe. There is no Harry Kane. Uh, I mean, they're they're attacking. Their striker is Alvaro Morata. I mean, he, he's not very good, is he? No. Uh, I mean, they they have uh, an interesting winger, uh, Dani Olmo in, in Leipzig. But I mean, it's not. He's not world class. He's not Ballon d'Or. Um, they have a very young and exciting player in in Pedri. Uh, who is only I think 18 years old playing for Barcelona and he's he's potentially gonna start but uh, but otherwise I mean who are their star players I mean Jordi Alba maybe 
defender. Yeah, left wing defender. Yeah, he's they have uh, a 30, disgraced. 32. The the goalie De Gea is he gonna start? Because he is disgraced right now. He yeah, is disgraced. Yeah, he's, He's probably going to start, but he's not. He's not good. He's been pretty yeah. bad this season. Think about De Gea because we saw him. We saw him in person at the Russia World Cup, and he had one total save that entire tournament in Russia in 2018, which is interesting because shortly before that, he was considered the best in the world easily. He tried to quit Manchester United, like he thought he was better than Manchester United, the, the Dallas Cowboys of soccer. But he, he had one total save in that tournament. And then they went into a penalty kick against Russia and he didn't save a single one. And then they, Man U, they were playing in the Europa final just a couple of weeks ago. And he took, it went to a shootout. There were 11 penalty kicks that he that he faced up against. He didn't save a single one of them, a single one. And then it came down to him to continue the, the shootout. It came down to him to shoot. And he shot the worst penalty I've ever seen, ever seen. He's just, yeah. he's, he seems like a disgraced, a disgraced goalie. Yeah. No, but I don't think he's very good anymore. Uh, but to be honest, what, what else do they have? I mean, you know who their second goal is? Uh, Robert Sanchez. I mean, he's uh, the goalie for Brighton. Uh, and I think, I mean, they have a pretty good goalie called Nai Simon, who plays for Atletico Bilbao, but he's, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, none of those three goalies, uh, I think, are world-class. Uh, I mean, De Gea is not world-class anymore. He used to be, but he's not anymore. Uh, I think um, my my boy, uh, Cesar Aspilicueta, uh, the captain of the Champions League winning team. Uh, he's potentially not even a starter in this team, uh, which is crazy because he should be a starter in this team. He's, he's defender, right? He's a right right wing defender, or he could okay. potentially be a central defender also, but he has never gotten the recognition in the national team. So he's potentially not going to start. So then you you don't... I don't see any big leaders in this team. I don't see any big score, uh, you know, strike, lethal strikers in this team. And I see, you know, young potential, but I don't see, you know, old world star players, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I remember back in Russia, there was a lot of controversy with this team because they hired a coach and then they fired him because he took the Real Madrid job, right? Or, or did he take the Barcelona job? And there was a lot of politics yeah. behind that because... Yeah. It was Lopetegui. Uh, yeah, Lopetegui. He uh, he uh, took the Real Madrid job. Uh, I think a week before the World Cup, okay. and then he got fired. And then uh, yeah, and then and, and actually, there was they, like they politics still... with those teams because they're rivals with Barcelona. And then there's the whole Catalan yeah. independence movement deal in that. Yeah. And then they yeah. have like I remember the game against Russia and they lost in the knockouts. They had over 1,000 completed passes in the game, like 1,000 passes within oh. 90 minutes. So like two yard passes, and just had like 80 percent possession or whatever, but scored once. And the same yeah. thing happened against Iran. They scored. Uh, Costa scored that goal. Is Costa Diego Costa still playing? Yeah. I could quit Brazil no, to join no, Spain at the Brazilian. No, he, no, he he's out. He's out. But uh, you and I were we were actually there. Watched that penalty shootout in Russia uh, on site, uh, and uh, and so are you wearing the, the shirt from? Yeah, that I'm game? wearing the shirt. I'm feeling nostalgic. Nice. 
Nice. Yeah, that was an amazing game. Uh, I had so fun. I think that was a was that the game where where uh, we ordered nine we drank 90, 90 beers in uh, in uh, ninety minutes, and we were eight people who drank ninety beers. Was that Probably. the game? Probably. I know for sure in the next group. I know for sure there was a game that we did that the Germany game, uh, the Germany Sweden game. But yeah, yeah. we were fucking hammered. <laughs> Yeah, Spain, like Spain are the most talented, but minus 286, that's the biggest favorite. That's the biggest, they're, they're the biggest favorite to win their group of the entire tournament. And I feel like that, that has to be no. faded. That has to be faded. Yeah. They're talented, yeah, I, but they, they're chokers. Yeah, no, I, I don't see them winning, winning this. Uh, I mean, maybe I'll, uh, maybe that's my famous last words, but I don't see them winning uh, the, the, the Euros. Okay. Uh, but that, that takes us to, uh, my, uh, yeah, of course I want to talk about Sweden. I mean, it's, uh, uh the country, uh, the country I'm going to cheer for, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had one of the best players in the world on our team, but he, he got, uh, injured. Uh, oh my God, that was when I, when I, when I saw him. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, yeah. I mean, when, when I saw him getting injured, injured, that was like fucking a knife in my heart, to be honest. I mean, I I could just see this in front of me, you know, Zlatan returning to the to the national team. He was out for I think five years, something. Returning to the national team, his last big tournament, and him, you know, taking you know Sweden to a miracle, you know, miracle uh, uh, gold medal. Now that's not going to happen. Obviously, we don't have Slaton. He's injured. He's out. Um, but they didn't honestly, have Slaton for the World Cup, and y'all y'all went to the quarterfinals, right? Yeah, yeah. And did you we actually did you lose to England. Yeah, we lost to England, and I, I think so. This is the thing with Sweden. We are we almost always overperform compared to the talent we have in the team. Sweden, I think, similar to what you saw with Iceland. Uh, is a team that works very well as a as a as a unit, as a as a team unit. Uh, our uh, our um, manager uh, Jan Andersson, he is the fucking man. I mean, he has made taken this team further than you you could expect anyone to take this team. And you know, a quarterfinal in the World Cup is obviously an was was. Uh, Overperformance, but honestly, they really deserved it. Uh, they 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 played very well, and uh, and and actually now, three years later, there are some pretty interesting talent in this team. Um, we actually have two of the most exciting young players in Europe on this team, who p- potentially will be the two two strikers playing together. Uh, one of them is Alexander Isak. He uh, was he, he scored 17 goals for Real Sociedad this season. Okay, so he's an attacker. He's an attacker, a striker. He's uh, he's uh, really really exciting. He's only 21 years old. Okay. And then you have uh, Dejan Kulusevski, uh, who is uh, uh, who is uh, only 20 years old, playing for uh, Juventus, and actually uh, scored uh, the winning goal in in the, the Coppa Italia fa- final and he has uh, done a very great season and played next to Cristiano Ronaldo th- this whole season you and obviously you learn a lot from that right right um so 
yeah, those two on the top, very interesting. And then we have uh, a, a, a midfielder called Emil Forsberg playing for uh, RB Leipzig. And he's, uh, he's a starter for RB Leipzig, and he actually very often takes their penalties. Um, but very, very interesting. Uh, very, you know, key, key player for Sweden. And then, you know, uh, we, we do have uh, uh, a starting, starting central defender for Manchester United, uh, Victor Nilsson Lindelöf, um, who's been playing next to Harry Maguire for, you know, last two years. So we we don't have a bad team, uh, but it's not you know a world class team. I mean, some of our starting players play in the Russian league, some play in the Swedish league. Uh, you know, our goalie is uh, the, the the second goalie behind uh, Jordan Pickford in Everton, so he's not even starting. Um, so if Sweden are going to do something, it's going to be as 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 one you know team unit, and it could happen. I mean, it could happen. I I can I could see Sweden um I could see Sweden you know going uh to the quarterfinal upsetting there and and you know we winning the semifinal potentially you know going all the way to the two set to semifinal yeah, um, that is the that is the one bet that I have uh, I have from several months ago is Sweden uh, ninety three to one and that was back when Zlatan at the time he was not going to play for the team and I bet it assuming that he would join the team and then it turned out to happen and then he got hurt but it's still a plus money odds then now they're seventy five to one odds even without Zlatan I th- I do really? think Sweden is a big lottery ticket play. Um, to so their odds to win the group are plus six fifty. They are actually even odds, very very slight favorites to squeak through the top two over Poland at minus one hundred four. Uh, what what scares you the most about Poland besides obviously Lewandowski, who some people say is the best striker in the world? Um, and and why do you think that you'll beat them just from having the, a better, more co- cohesive unit? Honestly, there's not much that scares me about Poland except for Robert Lewandowski. Okay. Uh, I don't. I don't think their team is that much stronger than Sweden's. Uh, if if you would remove Lewandowski, I think that it's it's on par with Sweden. Uh, I mean, they have a pretty good goalie, uh, Chesney, uh, who who who's the starting goalie in in Juventus, and of course that's a, you know a key position. But except that, I mean, who who do they have? I mean, they have uh, Z- Zelinski, who's um, who, who's uh, um, a, a midfielder uh, playing for Napoli. Uh, but uh, otherwise, I, mean, I, I don't I don't see any impressive players. I mean, it, it it's Robert Lewandowski. If if he's on fire, then this team is going to be amazing. But if he's not on fire, which he he did not perform in their last World Cup. He didn't. I don't. I don't think he even scored one goal. Then, um, yeah, I, I, I think Sweden has a great chance beating them. And then I think Slovakia or Sweden should beat Slovakia. They don't have any. You know, they don't have any strong players. I mean, their key player, uh, Marek Hamšík. 
he's uh, he's actually playing in the Swedish league now. He he was you know he, I don't know how, how what you know about Marek Hamšík, but he was a legend in uh, in Napoli for ten years. He's actually okay. considered he's actually considered the second biggest player in Napoli's history after do you know who? It's Mer. Did Diego Maratona? Did he play for Napoli? Yeah, so Marek Hamšík is the second biggest player in Marado- in in Napoli's history after Diego Armando Maradona, um, okay. and and he uh, he was extremely crucial for them the last ten years, and then I think one and a half year ago or something like that, or two years ago, he moved to China. He played there for a half year, and then Corona came. Yeah, and then he, hasn't he played probably since has then. ruined yeah. lungs. Even without Corona, you you play in those Chinese leagues. There's so much pollution. And you have to do all that running or feel like it, it, it weakens uh, a player playing outdoors yeah. in those smoggy cities. But then actually uh, what's interesting is that, you know, so he's a, a huge player, right? And um, this, this was a big shock for in Sweden that he signed for a middle, a middle team in the Swedish league uh, during, uh, during Janu- the January window, transfer okay. window. Uh, and the reason for that is that uh, the transfer window had closed in Europe, so he couldn't sign for any other team. So there was basically only the Swedish league that, that where the transfer window was open. So he actually uh, moved to uh, Gothenburg, the Swedish team Gothenburg, and uh, basically is almost play- playing for you know for free, <laughs> just to get into form for this World Cup, uh, for this Euro Cup. Uh, but I don't see them uh, doing uh, doing a, a great. Uh, uh, a great uh, tournament, and uh, Slovakia has Milan, Milan Skriniar, Skriniar, who's uh, uh, of course one, a world-class defender. Yeah, for Inter uh, Milan, playing, right? Exactly, playing for Inter Milan. So, so he's, but except for him, there's not much in this team. Okay. No, my 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 bet is, um, I think, if you want to do an exciting bet, you could bet Sweden winning this group if they can get a point or win against Spain. It it could happen. Otherwise, you know, Spain should win this group. I think Sweden should should at least go through to the to the uh, next round. Okay, Spain is plus thirteen hundred to not qualify. Now that that would mean they can they can qualify if they get third place. It's possible because what is it like the top two third place teams qualify? So so that is a bit risky. But Spain is plus thirteen hundred to not qualify. And um, to not get, I don't think there is a bet for them to not get top two. But uh, you think that's worth a play? Uh, a lottery ticket for Sweden and Poland to both finish above Spain and then Spain maybe not getting the tiebreaker to qualify? I mean, $10 nah. for that gets you $130. Nah, I, I, I yeah, I mean, that, that's a lottery ticket. I think is going to be losing one. I think Spain has to go through to the next round. Okay. Uh, I, 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 th- this group is not good enough to to push them out. Um. But uh, what what is what are, what are the odds for Sweden winning the group? For Sweden winning the group, it is plus six fifty. And then for I, them I, to I, 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 I could qualify, for Sweden to qualify. They are plus one fifty five. I I wouldn't do that bet, but I would I would 
potentially do Sweden winning the group because if they can get a point against Spain, then that could uh, mean they win the group, right? Uh, I don't know if you remember the World Cup, but uh, Sweden had a pretty tough group. They had Mexico, Germany, and and, uh, South Korea, and they actually won the group. Yeah. So that, that was yeah. that was the game where we drank like 90 beers in 90 minutes between eight people. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, my 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 friends, uh, my Swedish friends who who obviously this was a huge game for them. Uh, but uh, they actually didn't remember the last 10 minutes of the game. <laughs> they were too fucked up. Which is, which is a good thing because the the very end of that game uh, uh, for for con- there was like six Swedish people and then one German and one me, and all of y'all bet on Sweden. And then I, in solidarity with the German kid, bet on Germany. And then Germany, it was a buzzer beater set piece. Like they, they had one set piece and the, the clock was the clock was done. This was going to be the last play mm-hmm. of the game. And then Germany scored. And, uh, and it was a good thing that your friends were blacked out and then some injuries uh, happened. So it, it was it, it was like that the next was... day, well, the next day when we woke up super, uh, you know, uh, hungover, um, my friend Heike, he was like, but, but, but we, we didn't lose last night. I don't remember, you know, there, there being a goal in the end. I'm like, Fuck, you were so hammered. <laughs> but, but I mean, he, I, I, I know he was on, he was on autopilot. Uh, he was blacked out on autopilot and his autopilot did notice that Sweden lost because I know that he, you know, he saw a guy passing us after the game uh, who had a like a Germany uh, Germany cap, and he like went up to the guy, took the cap, and like threw it on the ground and like stomped on it. <laughs> All right. right. Um, All right. Speaking of, oh yeah, bro of the group for Group E. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, is it lot time? Just of, by default. of course, of course, it can only be there can there can only be one bro in this group. I mean, there's only one yeah. Zlatan. There's only one slap down, and uh, I, I don't know if you saw this interview when he was in LA Galaxy. Uh, I thought it was really funny. It was very typical slap down. There's another player in Los Angeles, Carlos Vela. In this moment, he's got 19 goals, 12 assists, and his team is leading Major League Soccer. Do you still consider yourself the best player in Major League Soccer? By far. Because if he's in, in his prime, how old is he? Carlos Vela's 29. 29. He's playing in MLS and he's in his prime. Mm-hmm. When I was 29, where was I? Yeah, you were in Europe. Big difference. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I think this was typical Slatan Ibrahimovic. I mean, he he just shits all over the league he's playing in, and he's he shits all over his teammates. He shits all over everyone, and he's doing it to you know the U.S., <laughs> who is a powerful you know nation and you know what's funny about this is that in europe i think this wouldn't fly people would be pretty angry i mean if this would have been in france french people would be angry but uh, my feeling and i steven you need to uh, say if you agree or not but my feeling is that americans really appreciate when a person has this confidence and, and kind of is bro enough to shit all over everything yeah Oh yeah, we appreciate that. I mean, in in politics recently, yeah, that's the case. But a, a lot of Americans are pissed off at Slaton recently because he went after LeBron James and said that he was too political. <laughs> and uh, and Slaton says, I, I don't get involved in politics because my job is an athlete and and I, I don't know anything about politics, so I don't get in it. And then LeBron James, I, I won't get too much into it, but LeBron James like 
he, he was really pissed. All of the LeBron stands were really pissed about it. And then shortly afterwards, LeBron did some, some really dumb things in the political sphere and just got egg all over his face. He went after Zlatan and he said, Zlatan shouldn't talk about me that way because I do my homework. And then he did something later where it was clear he didn't do his homework. It was pretty hilarious. But Zlatan, so, like, he might not have the, he might not be a book genius or whatever, but his brain is just, he's got a galaxy brain. He, it really is top tier. He can navigate through. You could drop him into an arena anywhere, and he could navigate through, uh, ending up on the king of the mountain wherever he's landed. And he to be honest, really cool. I really cool. I, I, to be honest, my my five cents on the Slatan Lebron thing. I think Slatan won that duel. I mean, yeah. Slatan sh- shat all over Lebron. Lebron cried like a fucking baby about it. And then LeBron proved Slatan right by being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. fuck you, LeBron. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Should we continue to Group F? Yeah. Last group. Last group. And this is the group of death. This is the grand finale. This is by far the coolest, most stacked group. We've got France. Yeah. They are the favorites, but they are plus money to win it. This will be a tough one to gamble because this is one of those groups where these teams are just fighting for for survival just to get into the top two because it's the group of death. France, plus 148. Germany, plus 165. Portugal, plus 300. And then Hungary at the end. Poor Hungary because I'm sure they seem cool, but they're so fucked. Hungary is 4,000 plus (laughs) 4,000. I know about these from a high level. I, I know a lot about these teams um, from knowing high level because these are some of the big name teams. France, in my opinion, they're the odds on favorite. They are plus 500. Um, I bet a lot on them in the last Euros and, and lost because they got kind of fucked because there was only two days in between the semifinal game and the finals game. And they played Portugal, who had an extra day's rest. And, and it was very clear in that game. They lost in a shootout game. It was very clear the 50% extra rest for Portugal played a huge piece in it. Okay. And then, so I, I love France. I, I, Mbappe is incredible. Mbappe is one of those guys, his speed, you, you can see him. It's, it's very rare in soccer where you could see an individual player, even when they're not on the ball, when they're not dribbling, you can see them dominating and his speed does that. It's incredible. And then Portugal, I mean, Portugal, they're, they're fucking stacked. They're, they, I think they have the, the best players. And then Germany is Germany. You know, they're always the best coach. They're always the most efficient. So, so what do you yeah, think yeah. of the group of death? Who do you think are the best teams or is the best team? Just uh, two interesting facts. Uh, first of all, Portugal is the shortest team in the, in the whole tournament. Okay. And, uh, and Germany is the fattest team or at least the heaviest team in the whole tournament. Um, so I don't know what that what that tells you, but in any case, I had to had to, I had to say it right. Yeah. To me, to me, first of all, let's start with Hungary. They're they are the toilet of the group. Everyone is gonna just shit all over them. There is no way they're gonna upset upset anyone here. They they're just gonna lose every game. So I don't want to talk about them anymore. Uh, I just had to ha- need to ha- to have that said, right? Right. To me, France, France are the clear favorites to win the whole tournament. They have such an amazing team. It's uh, it's world class players on in each position. I mean, Mbappe, you already talked about. He's um, yes, is he is he the best player in the world right now? 
probably. Maybe, I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, I think you have N'Golo Kante, who is probably the most important player for this team. I mean, N'Golo Kante is like having two players on the field. It's like if, if, if you have N'Golo Kante, uh, you, uh, you have an extra player on the field. I don't know if you, uh, you, you heard this one, but uh, when he was playing in Leicester, uh, they, they used to say that, uh, uh, was it like 60% or like 80% of, uh, of the world is covered by water and the rest is called, covered by N'Golo Kante. Right. Um, and I don't know if you remember when they won the world, uh, uh, sorry, they didn't, uh, when they won the World Cup uh, last, uh, last, uh, last time. Uh, Angola Kante was uh, probably the, the most important player for them. Uh, and you could actually see that in the whole... Um, you can see that, that the players just loved playing with Angola Kante. Yeah. He, and you saw that in uh, the Champions League with Chelsea too, in, in the whole tournament yeah. and in the final. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't score the goals, but he does all of the work leading up to that. He does all of the defense and then he does all of the delivery to set up attackers to, to go. So, so I, I'd like to, you to cut in a video and our kind of uh, soundbite here on when the, uh, when the, the, the whole, the whole uh, arena uh, sings this N'Golo Kante song. Oh, N'Golo Kante, pa-da-pa-pa-pa. Oh, like uh, you, should, you should cut that in. It's, it's amazing. Okay. Uh, you get, get goosebumps just, uh, you know, watching that. In any case, uh, I mean, they have one of the best defenders in the world, uh, Varan. Uh, they they have uh, uh, an, an amazing uh, midfield. We talked about Kante, but of course, Paul Pogba, a great player. Um, Antoine Griezmann, I mean, he, had, he hasn't had the best season uh, this year, but he's an amazing uh, at attacker. Uh, Benjamin Pavard, uh, right, right, right back in uh, in Bayern Munich. <laughs> this team is just totally jacked. It, uh, it's it's amazing. I I think they should win this group, and yeah. I think they they the safest bet if you want to bet safe, they should win this tournament. It's that, and that's plus five hundred. So they're the favorites, but it's still plus money odds. And it's the same odds that they had in the last year or two when they were hosting it, but they're, they're way better. I mean, they won the World Cup, and that was, and, and the players were super young back then. Now they're just straight up at the beginning of their prime right now. They just seem so stacked. And, and, and I, um, I think one thing that uh, uh, we, that they didn't have last uh, when they won the world cup three years ago and when they uh, got to the finals five years ago Zima. yeah they did they, they had the only problem they had then was they didn't really have a good attacker they didn't have a good striker they had uh, uh, you know Olivier Giroud now now Benzema is back and Benzema is better than ever he's fucking amazing he's I, I think he could potentially be 
the most lethal striker in the world right now. And he's pretty old. He's, uh, how old is he? Like uh, 35, 34, 35. But he's he's in his prime right now. Amazing. Um, I think we we should talk about Portugal also. Um, yeah. It's... It, they it, won. They are the, the defending champions. And it was interesting because Ronaldo got hurt at the beginning of that game, but he was sort of an extra manager on the sideline for that. And a lot of people mm. thought that it was really interesting because he was never, uh, he never had a reputation for being a good teammate until Zinedine Zidane became his manager in Real Madrid. And Zidane taught him, Zidane, in my opinion, he's like the Phil Jackson of soccer. Phil Jackson was the coach for the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan and the Lakers with Kobe Bryant. And he taught these enigmatic superstar players to be leaders. And I think that's what Zidane did with Cristiano Ronaldo. And we saw a huge uptick in how well Portugal played since then, they won the Euro. They had a pretty good World Cup. But now they're, they're at this spot where they're way more talented than they were at the last Euros. They have these awesome players. But I've, I've been reading some articles that it's kind of similar to Messi with Argentina and that him being on the field with being uh, – he's still good, but he's not what he once was. But him being on the field kind of gets in the players' heads of, oh, I've got to pass it to this guy. I've got to pass it to this guy. And it disrupts mm. their play a little bit. And that there's a there's a bit of risk there. There's a bit of Ronaldo risk there. Yeah, I I think similar to France, that Portugal is a much better team than they were three years ago and five years ago. Yes, Cristiano Ronaldo is not as good, but they are significantly better on almost all other positions. I mean, Bruno Fernandes was nothing three years ago. And he was, I mean, he's one of the best midfielders in the world. Uh, He was the best player for Manchester United this season, right? Right. By far. And last season too, and uh, Ruben Diaz, defender, central defender, he was potentially the best player in the whole Premier League, all positions this season for Manchester City. Yeah, he, was he won. He totally... won the Player of the Year award. He's he's the center back for Manchester City. Yeah. He won the the Player of the Year, which was kind of oh, bullshit because okay. Kerry Kane had the most goals and assists both. But that, that's another conversation. But he, yeah, he was incredible. I think I read that he made uh, like two total mistakes all season. Like he, he had a perfect season. In- yeah, actually, I, actually, I didn't know he won that. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, not being a Tottenham fan, I, uh, I think it, it was deserving. He was so, so good. So good. And I mean, then you, you have, uh, you know, Diogo Jota. Uh, has has been quite good in Liverpool. He's the, he's the striker for Atletico. Uh, no, he's the uh, he's a striker for Liverpool. Oh, okay. He, he used oh, to yeah, play for yeah, the Wolves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I think you're talking about how Felix. Yeah, how Felix. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. So so and he he's very young and he's uh, he's also very good. So they have a pretty pretty good team. Uh, I think what's interesting here, uh, this could be the first time. First time in 20 years that uh, that German the German national team is not tipped to take the first or second spot in the, in the group. Yeah, they they are favored to win second. Germany is, but it's plus 165. Really? Yeah, okay. and Portugal is plus 300. Okay, but I mean, I I, th- I think man, it's not as obvious 
as as before, right? Germany right. are not favorite in this group. This is a lot. When was the last time they were not favorite in a group? I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. So, um, and we, we should talk a little bit about Germany. I mean, it's still it's still an incredible team, right? They have the best goalie in the world, Manuel Neuer. Um, the sweeper keeper. The, the sweeper keeper. I mean, Thomas Müller, uh, attacker, is still amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, he's had a great, great season in Bayern Munich. Toni Kroos, uh, I mean, Real Madrid he's, he's pretty, pretty old uh, midfielder, but he's, he's still amazing. Joshua Kimmich. Uh, he's he's the uh, the right back in 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 uh, by Munich has been really really good, um. Uh, so and then you have my 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 two boys from Chelsea. You have Kai Havertz, who scored the winning goal in Champions League, and I think potentially this could be his tournament if it goes well for Germany. He could mm-hmm. potentially be be the star, and then. <laughs> Uh, you have Timo Timo Werner, Timo Werner. Who, he's so terrible. Yeah, he, he's I, awful. No. So yeah, so so I don't agree with you. Everyone says he's terrible. It's because he misses a lot, but he, he also so much. But he, so, yeah. so so background infor, information: Timo Werner was the the big star of RB Leipzig last year, and RB Leipzig they were making a big Champions League run, but that got delayed because of COVID. So the the tournament is usually it ends in May, but this time it ended in August because of the COVID suspension. But then Chelsea had this huge, huge splurge and, and transfer spending and Timo Werner was their big prize of it. That was the person they paid the most. I think, what was the transfer fee? Like 80, 90 million euros. And then he, he just choked so many finishes this year. He just gaffed so many times. There's so many Timo Werner bloopers but but you say yeah. that he's he's super underrated because of his positioning and the way that he opens up spaces the field and opens up the game look you're right he he has missed way too many uh, open chances but the pro, the thing is that he only gets crap and he only gets shit that everyone says he's just the worst player in the world and i don't agree with that he should be scoring much more he should have been he should have scored 15 20 goals this season but there is a reason why Thomas Tuchel played Timo Werner, even though he missed all of this. It's because he creates money. So, so he cre- no, it's not money. He creates so many chances. Actually, Timo Werner has made a lot of assists this season, and he 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 didn't he didn't do that before. And he actually creates all of the. He, I mean, the way his running pattern, the way he runs, is really. You, you, I mean, you should see. If, when you when you watch Germany this tournament, watch how Timo Werner, Werner runs and he's t- Turbo Timo. That, that's the way they call him because he's so fucking fast. Uh, and I I think uh, I think he's a unique player because he creates a lot of chances. Uh, if he can start scoring, if he can regain his confidence, he could be a world class player. Uh, I'm not sure he's there. Not for this tournament. Potentially next season, he could be an amazing player. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, but I agree. I mean, he, he's not had the best season. Um, uh, no, but I, I would, I would, um, I, I think if if you want to have a, an interesting bet, Bronaldo scoring zero goals this tournament. 
What do you think about that? Ronaldo scoring zero goals. That's an interesting yeah. bet. Um, is there? Could you could you find? Could you find uh, odds on that? Yeah. Well, I, I I won't have odds on zero goals, but there is an over under um, for the group stage. The his over under is two and a half goals. What is under? Uh, two and a half. So if he scores zero, one, or two goals, you would win this bet. I take that. I, okay. I mean, he he's um, he's quite uh, he he he's not he hasn't peaked. I mean, he's uh, off his peak. Obviously, he had a uh, Juventus had a really crappy season. I think you know he did. He still won uh, the Golden Boot in Italy, but he's not what he used to be. So I could see him, you know, score less than less than you know two two goals. Um, my my bet is that, and again, this is this might be something you uh, you might want to bet in bet last minute. But Benzema scoring two goals in the final. Okay. If, if you can if you if you can find a bet now, I, I bet I'm sure you will get you know more than twenty times twenty the cash on that. Because that means that France need to get to the final, and he needs to score two goals. I think that could be a very good good bet, to be honest. Uh, that that should you, should you should get a lot of money on that. If you place a small bet, that could be a good one. Yeah. Do you he, want his over under is one point five minus two hundred on the over? Do you want to hear who's the bro of this group? Yeah, let's hear who the let's wrap this up with the bro of the group of death. Who do you think it is? Benzema. Yeah, I thought you would say Bronaldo. And Bronaldo would have He's got the great nickname, but I mean, Benzema blackmails all those dudes and then has found a way to get back on the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so let me tell you about that. So together with, with four, four of his teammates, he banged the prostitutes. Uh, two of the other ones were Ben Arfa and Frank Ribéry, uh, who, who, who are also quite famous. This prostitute turned out to be 16. <laughs> Ooh, oh, that's not, that's not so, bro. But maybe in Europe. It's, it's, in America, that's not, bro. In America, 16 it, it, is too dark. But you guys have different it, it, values, right? Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's not, bro, but it's hilarious still. Um, so so he, uh, uh, the, the charges, charges were eventually dropped. But uh, uh, I think everyone are pretty sure they did it. I think there are like photos and shit like that. So a couple of years later, he was arrested for blackmailing his teammates. So there was, uh, and this was actually not related to that uh, that uh, uh, prostitute uh, banging. Um, but the, uh, just first before uh, before that, he uh, was actually he was actually uh, kicked off the team. He and Frank Ribéry got, both got kicked off the team after this uh, prostitute incident. Uh, and then two years later, he uh, blackmailed his teammates for. Uh, he actually had a sex tape of uh, uh, Mathieu Valbuena, uh, and then he actually blackmailed the guy for cash. I mean, fucking Benzema, he's, he, he, he has as much money as he needs. Why the fuck would he blackmail his fucking teammates for cash? <laughs> it's so stupid, but you, you must say that's pretty, bro. You don't it need the money. You, you just 
you ju- you just blackmail him for shits yeah. and giggles, but right? I think he, he was doing it for his bros too. Like, what? It was either his brother or some of his friends were also involved in the blackmail scheme, and they wanted some money too. Yeah. So I mean, he's a bro, clearly. And then I, one one thing I I, uh, I mean, of course, I love Oliver Giroud uh, because he's a Chelsea player. And who, who just renewed his contract uh, with Chelsea one day ago. But um, Benzema does not like Oliver Giroud. Benzema, uh, last time Benzema, uh, you know, got the question about Oliver Giroud, about uh, Oliver Giroud's performance in, in the national team. Benzema said, Giroud, he's he's a go-kart and I'm a Formula, Formula One kart. <laughs> So I guess now, <laughs> now, uh, now he will have to show that he's a Formula One car, and my bet is that he's gonna he's gonna show that. Yeah, he was awesome. I saw he scored that goal against y'all against Chelsea in the Champions League. It turned out to be the only goal yeah. that Madrid scored, but it was incredible. His yeah. his like concentration, his balance, his his uh, his ability to um, to just handle balls that come into the box and then and then fling them forward towards the goal whatever body contortion is required he's just a natural at it he's really really good but i i would love i mean i want to i want to hammer france on the futures but it does scare me being in this group of death but i mean they're they're the most stacked for sure they're the most stacked for sure and now with benzema i mean they won the world cup without benzema and now they have him yeah this is nuts yeah, no. So, I, so, and I think you know they, they they won the World Cup without Benzema, and they won they won the World Cup with uh, Mbappe, who was three years younger. Yeah. So uh, no, this is uh, it, it's going to be very interesting. Um, so uh, I really, I really look forward to a couple of games here. I look forward to uh, you know when we talk about the group games. I look forward to England versus Scotland. I think that's going to be an amazing game. I look forward to Italy versus Turkey, uh, the opening game. I think that's going to be great. And of course, I look forward to all Sweden's games. Um, so, so what do you look forward to, Stephen? Um, I, I look forward to the England games. This might be my last chance as a Tottenham fan to say that Harry Kane is one of my own, like one hundred percent one of my own. I do have that old lottery ticket bet on Sweden back in the day. I do look forward to a lot of the Sweden games, and I look I look forward to Denmark. I'm going to go down uh, on Denmark as the other lottery ticket bet. Denmark twenty five to one to win the Euro. I look forward to them. Uh, it's tough though. Belgium has two players that I'm really sentimental to: Toby Alderweireld and Jan Super Jan Vertogen. The, these two center backs for Belgium. They they played for my favorite team for a really long time. I love them, but they just. I mean, I mean, I bet on them when they were in their prime in the past two tournaments, and they've let me down. And Denmark, Denmark's got this really exciting squad. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for those games. Really, uh, I think, uh, I think I'm gonna know more after the first round, though. We'll do some more podcasts after, after yeah. these rounds of games. I think I'm gonna uh, be, know what I'm more excited for after these first round of group games get going. I mean, they typically are yeah. low-scoring games in the group stages of this tournament, and they get more exciting in the knockout round when teams open up a bit more. But yeah, Sweden, Denmark, England, France—those are the teams I'm most excited to see. 
and I'm, I'm hoping for some good scandals. I, I, I want to see, yeah, I want to see, you know, someone blackmailing someone. I want to see someone getting fucked up before a game. Um, and if, if I would bet on any team to, you know, have a scandal where a player gets fucked up before a game, you know, get, getting caught uh, on camera doing coke or whatever, I, I, I think uh, if, if, if you like bros getting caught on camera doing coke, then you should watch Russia. I think Russia okay. is going to be a fun team to follow. Yeah. And and for people, I know there are, are Americans out here because that type of stuff doesn't really happen in America anymore. The athletes are super serious, but it, it, it does happen in soccer. I mean, a big example, the Copa America five years ago, uh, Chile, they hosted it. And who was it? Alexis Sanchez. He's the one that totaled his Ferrari like the night before a, a huge game that they had. And he was yeah. drunk driving. I can't tell. I mean, I'm, it's, it's super uh, serious, but it's also kind of funny when you know that no one got hurt but he was in a lot of trouble for drunk driving totally in his ferrari and there was huge protests outside the courthouse from all the chileans being like get off of our guy we've got this tournament to win you know so that that's a cool thing about this sport is shit happens off the field it gets political it gets it gets personal it gets nasty it gets super fun you know, these guys these are these are millionaire bro kings and they're playing, I mean, they're not playing for free in this tournament. They still get paid to play in these international games, but compared to what they get paid for in the club, it's not much. You know, it's a lot of, it's more pride than it is money. It's really cool. It's a really interesting little twist. And on that topic, you know, uh, one of the best players this season in the Premier League and a potential starter for England, uh, Jack Grealish, he, I, I, I recall him getting uh you know him getting uh, uh caught drunk driving during during the covid pandemic was it last season yeah uh, he did and and the france goalkeeper hugo loris did as well yeah so i mean uh, em, em, americans you, you guys you know love serious sports obviously but you also love bros yeah so if you love bros then watch football uh, whatever or what you call the soccer uh, I think um, I think this is going to be fun I mean I know, I know you guys are not in this tournament but that also means that there is no there is no potential downside or pain of seeing your team lose now you can just get fucked up and watch football uh, and, and just uh, you know uh, just follow these fucking ridiculous some of these ridiculous players who who, who are just hilarious um, I, I'm, I'm going to watch out for Denmark uh, I think they're a dark horse. I'm going to watch out for Turkey. They're a dark horse. Uh, of course, I'm going to watch out for Russia. Not because I think they will win much, because, but I think they're just funny. Uh, and of course, I'm going to watch uh, Sweden. And, and then France. They're potentially winning all of it. All right. Cool. All right. But uh, th- th- thanks, Stephen. Uh, this was a pretty long chat. Uh, and uh, yeah. We'll split think, it up. Uh, We'll split it up and, and we'll do some more. We'll do some more episodes as the tournament goes on. Uh, for now, we've got a, a warm up game tonight, a finals America versus Mexico in the final of the Nations League for CONCACOF. Uh, the odds are pretty even in that one, so it should be interesting. Go USA. And then until then, the, the Euro start next week. It should be fun. It should be a good summer. We'll keep in touch, y'all. Yeah. Th- th- thanks a lot, Steven. Bye bye. 
comigo A rocha negona, vai É do meu ra, É mulher, é 